Uh, a quick announcement and then join me in a generous welcome uh, after chapel has concluded uh, for a couple of individuals. Um, this is Sister Leanne Hubbard. Why should you know her and why should you say thank you to her after chapel is over? Because of this guy right here. Sister Leanne is responsible for um, uh, service learning sites for the seminarians at St. John's Seminary, and she is the one that has helped place all of the seminarians that serve the Catholic uh, faith community here at CLU. Thank you. And thank you. This is Juanita, and Juanita is preaching today, and I'll make um, a, a public offering of I'm sorry, because... I spelled her name wrongly in the bulletin. Yeah, a little choir response. Uh, there we go. Good. Enough of that. Sincerely. Sorry. And then I want to tell you on the back side of the bulletin um, several things to pay attention to, but right in the middle of the page, Ash Wednesday, March 1st. We practice out and about ashes, so that will be all over the campus. Uh, a number of clergy will be out uh, imposing ashes, providing prayer, offering words of forgiveness for you. Um, you can see those locations and times. At 8 a.m. in the morning, we'll start with a, a brief uh, worship here uh, for the imposition of ashes. And at 6 p.m. in the evening, our Catholic community will host a mass for um, uh, Catholic life, which will also include the imposition of ashes. Ash Wednesday coming. Get your ash on. <laughs> yeah, another groan. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. That's enough of that prelude time. Thank you. among us. Heaven and earth declare your glory, and humans praise you through their deeds. As people of faith, we gather to proclaim our awe and listen to your word. Let us pray. merciful and ever-present God. You have taught us to love our neighbors and honor the stranger. These particular times open our minds to be interested in our neighbors and care for their welfare. Open our hearts to welcome the stranger. As we 
are known and loved, great will be if we know and love others. Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Here ends the reading. Good morning. morning. Known and loved, a timely theme for the polarized nation we find ourselves living in today. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you my experience with knowing and loving. I begin with a personal story. I stood there in silent shock and dismay as I was introduced to a group of people by someone I had just met, recently met. And by recently, I mean working together for a few months. The introduction beyond my name and title included a bizarre reference to my beautiful singing voice. I would have been fine with that as it was meant to be a compliment, except for a few minor details. First, this person had never heard me sing. Second, I don't sing all that well. Third, I could not figure out why that particular attribute was of any value to a group of academic professionals. And fourth, this person had just sullied her own reputation when people found out that I wasn't a singer. When I, what I realized in that moment was that I was unknown to her. What hurt the most was that this person didn't bother to take the time to know me. I consider myself a pretty transparent person. Those who know me best will tell you that I don't hold anything back. I've purposely made my life an open book because I realized long ago when I stepped onto the campus of an almost all-white high school that too few white people actually knew any black people. I realized in 10th grade that if I was friendly and allowed them to get to know me, that I could challenge the negative misperceptions they held about all black people. What I neglected to realize was that they too had a role in this. Their role was to open their eyes, to take a closer look, and engage with me. My disappointment was that in all those months of working together, my colleague did not see me. And so in a moment of introduction, she she substituted what should have been knowledge about the real me with a stereotype she had about black women. 
Sadly, I don't believe she even realized it. In fact, she was more than a little mortified when I finally confessed to her that I don't sing. Over the years, I've experienced that kind of thing a lot. People harboring, sharing, and even acting on false assumptions about me based on stereotypes about women who look like me. Maybe you've experienced the same thing. Studies show that this kind of implicit bias is normal behavior among human beings. Neuroscientists say this kind of implicit bias is a shortcut our brains take to help us make rapid decisions. I'm sure at times that this is a useful tool in our survival toolbox. And it wouldn't be such a bad tool if it wasn't so often misused and with dire consequences. I think we've evolved enough to do a few things differently. First, we need to recognize our tendency to do this and then slow our role to challenge the implicit, implicit biases we all have. Second, and more importantly, we need to acknowledge how potentially limiting, destructive, and even dangerous these implicit biases are. We have police officers using lethal force because they see a threat where none actually exist. We have employers passing on candidates based on false assumptions about a person's qualifications. Across academia, we have faculty committees employing different standards to the merits of their colleagues' teaching and scholarship. We have a US president questioning the legitimacy of a judge based on his heritage. And we have legislators dictating access to public restrooms for transgender citizens. We do all these things motivated by a fear born out of not knowing. When given the opportunity, too often we do not take the time to see and get to know individuals from differing backgrounds. In the nation I want to live in, actions motiva motivated by love will always trump actions motivated by fear. Knowing takes proximity, time, and engagement. Harvard has these implicit bias tests, bias tests that you can take online for free. I've taken several of them, and actually I've learned that I'm pretty low on implicit bias. I'm not bragging, because I recognize that there's a reason for this. I grew up in California. My preschool and most of my elementary school years were spent at an all-Latino school except for five children, me, my two brothers, and Tommy and Sheila. My best friends were Laura Cantu and Myrna Ramirez. I spent fourth through sixth grade at a primarily Asian school where my best friends were Joyce Takahashi and Debbie Muriyama. I went to a primarily black junior high where I made a bunch of friends and then to an almost all white high school where my best friends were Tammy Napier, a lesbian, and Leah Cox. I spent early motherhood with two Jewish women as my best friends in Simi Valley. 
and then in Moore Park, where my best friend is white, still my best friend to this day. I knew them all and came to love each of them. That kind of knowing and loving extends beyond just them. It opens the eyes to truly see people who look like them for the individuals that they are. Psychologist Gordon Alport's intergroup contact theory bears this out, and a meta-analysis of many studies by Pettigrew and Trope has shown his theory to be true. I like the analogy Jesus uses in Matthew about how we can come to know each other. He says, we'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. A few years ago, we bought a house that had some citrus trees in the backyard. We didn't know which citrus fruits. We had to wait and observe. Eventually, we could see that one of the trees was a tangerine tree and the other was a grapefruit but it took an additional period of time to see if they were any good. I had to see the fruit and then sample it. Engagement. I love tangerines, and our tangerines are delicious. We kept that tree. But being on statins for cholesterol, we don't eat grapefruit. And no one around us eats them either, and so we eventually eventually cut that tree down. But my point is this. There is nothing instantaneous or magical about knowing each other. It takes intentionally, intentionality with proximity, time, and engagement. You will know me by engaging with me and seeing my actions. You'll know if I can sing by hearing me sing. Knowing each other takes proximity and engagement over time. Sure, I can tell you who I am, but until you see me and sample my fruits, you will not know me or love me, nor I you. And a stereotype will never do. Thank you. Let us pray. Dear God, we pray to you to help us build the bridge to move away from fear and animosity. Help us use this bridge to care for each other. Help us understand that the relationships we form are the bricks of that bridge. Let us be the bridge. Amen. May God bless you with eyes that see beyond the superficial. May God bless you with ears to listen deeply. And may God bless you with courageous heart to love boldly. Amen. Amen. So forth.